what's up what's up what's up everybody how are y'all doing today um kind of an overcast day here it's cold uh thank you for tuning in to the duchess of sassy town that would be me and i'm happy to have you listening i'll be happy for you to share your comments whatever you have to say uh you can let me know on the app the anchor app or you can let me know on my facebook page or you can just whatever if you have my number you can text me as usual i like to start off by thanking everybody for listening and i appreciate it and just ask you to listen and share it seems that people have a hard time sharing or they don't know how to follow directions pick one but share when you listen let's let's grow the audience and have bigger conversations about what's going on So the recent news I have is yesterday I was sworn in as a member of the Human Rights Commission so it's official official and then I was also voted as vice chair um there was only five or six of us there you need a you need five for a quorum and there's like a lot of spots that are opening up and nobody wanted to volunteer for chair or vice chair So I decided to volunteer for vice chair because the chair has to do all the most of the work. I just pick up the slack. So that's that. I am now vice chair of the Human Rights Commission. I am excited to get started and see where it's going to take me. You know, I have other ambitions as far as the political arena and I definitely, you know, feel that I have the knowledge necessary to to move in that direction and to get things going and at least start to facilitate change. You know, if my feet stay here in Dubuque, fine and dandy. If my feet move someplace else, I plan on doing the same thing. Uh I am a political junkie. You know, and those who know me really well know I'm a, a news junkie, a political junkie, and a tech nerd. So Let's see where this all takes me and you know sending blessings up that I can be a very positive and helpful influential person in the community. Now, that that's all said, let's talk about the shit that's been going on. Let's start off with Kim Potter. And how a 26 year veteran of the police force doesn't know the difference between her service weapon and a taser I saw the video and just like other videos I've seen it breaks my heart and you know if I could meet this woman in person I'd probably spit in her face there's there's no niceties somebody like that as she screamed taser 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 at no point in that interaction did she realize that her service weapon was heavier than her taser i don't get it and why was her taser not on the different side of her service weapon for her to respond holy shit i shot him Shot at the man in the chest. 20 years old. Originally pulled over because 
there was something wrong with his license plates. I don't think I'll ever live long enough to understand why minor traffic stops were deadly for black people. They ran a warrant. She ran, I mean, she ran a check and found he had a warrant. And it was a misdemeanor warrant. That makes the situation even more sad and infuriating. You know, when, when they pull over white people, they don't normally run checks on them all the time, but they pull over a black person, they're going to run a check. They want to find something. They want to find a reason to try to arrest you. They want you to resist. How do I know this? If you've seen all the videos that have been posted lately, listen to the commands that they give you. The police shout command after command after command over and over again. And they say them so fast. By the time you get to the first one that they're telling you to do, they're going on to something else. When you don't move fast enough, you're resisting. Not that they give you time to move, but you're resisting. The military lieutenant that, that could have ended a whole different way. And I think the only reason it didn't is because he was in a military uniform. He was in uniform because he was headed back home from a weekend mission. And when he said that he doesn't feel comfortable getting out of the car, the officer said, good, you shouldn't. The younger officer, who I understand was in training, you can see the look on this guy's face. This isn't a one-off, two-off thing that's happening. This is on the daily that these veteran officers are doing this. And then they try to justify it. There is no justification of killing an unarmed man. I don't care if you tried to run, you know? Black people have a fight or flight mentality. Well, you know, we're not going to fight the cops because we know we're gonna get shot. Now you can't even try to run because you're going to get shot. When a person has their hands in the air, as the lieutenant did, outside of the window, and he's telling you He's afraid to reach. When the officer asked for his ID and everything else, officer, I'm afraid to reach for it. And he says, good, you should be. What does that tell you? The officer is saying, yo, hey, I got me another nigger. In his mind, he's already working out a way to justify it. Because when they got the lieutenant out of the car, they immediately said, stop resisting. This is the go-to things. No matter what a black person does when they get pulled over, if they get you out of your car, the first thing they say is, stop resisting. You can hand them your hands willingly. Say, okay, go ahead and put the cuffs on me. And they're gonna tell you to stop resisting. That gives them justifiable cause in their mind 
to shoot you. This is modern day lynching. And of course, the way people are going to disagree. He shouldn't have resisted. He shouldn't have done this. You know what? Explain to me how it is a white man can go shoot up multiple people in a place of business, continue to be armed to his teeth, and the cops walk him out if the person doesn't kill themselves. Well, literally walk them out. They get to tell their story. They get a chance to make bail. Black people don't get that chance at all. There is no story to tell other than the one the officer makes up. This is something that happens every day. Kim Potter knew damn well she grabs her surface weapon. There is no brain drain. There is no break in the mental capacity as the media is trying to paint it. She knew exactly what she was doing. Why do I say this? And why does it sound like I'm biased? Because number one, I am biased. Number two, the other officer had the situation under control. The only thing he didn't do that he should have done was move the young man away from the car. Especially because the door was open. So you left the opportunity for this person to try to get back in their vehicle and drive off. So you were already anticipating that. Because when an officer decides he wants to handcuff you, mind you, it was a misdemeanor warrant that they didn't even know. So he was already being handcuffed before Kim Potter came over there and said anything. He had been pulled over for his, I do believe his back license plate. And he was being handcuffed. As he was being handcuffed, note the officer had him standing right by an open car door. But he had the situation under control. Kim Potter walks over and you can hear her saying, he's got a warrant, he's got a warrant. She didn't bother to take the time to say, it's a misdemeanor warrant. She didn't say that. She did not say he has a misdemeanor warrant. She said he has a warrant. So right away, she put in the other officer's mind that this could be a dangerous situation. This is what she did, 26 years on the force. She goes over and then she starts to put her hands in like she's helping her fellow officer when there was no need for her to do that. So when the other officer loosened his grip is when the young man took his opportunity to get right back in his car door, which was left open, that he shouldn't have been by in the first place if they were going to cuff the guy. Why would you be cuffed because there's a problem with your license plate? Why would that warrant anybody to be cuffed? That is a situation to where you sit there. If you have two officers, one officer stays by the door. Yeah, you can get him out while the other one's running his information. But at the time, they didn't know he had a warrant. The young man takes his chance, gets inside of the door that has never been closed. Once the grip was loosened because Kim Potter came over and interfered where she didn't need to be. After already creating an alarm, if you will, because he had a warrant and she didn't say 
a misdemeanor warrant. They get him in the car, he fights. You can see the guy's pants coming down because let's face it, young black man seeming like the ass cracks showing. And she's like, I'm going to tase him, I'm going to tase him. She said that twice as she grabbed her service revolver. She holds it up and says what they are taught to say, taser, 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 and then she fires. One shot in the chest. It seems that either as he was shot, he mashed the accelerator or somebody else was driving and the car took off and she says, holy shit, I shot him. The bitch knew this when she did it. She knew that was not her taser. It doesn't even look like a taser. A taser has no rear sights. So, yeah, that was kind of like a picnic day. And if you don't know what picnic really means, go back and look it up. That was a picnic for them. The lieutenant would have been the same thing another picnic if he was not already in military uniform. That's the only thing that saved that man's life. Because he complied with everything the officer said, he was just asking questions of why he was being detained. So if you're black, you can't even ask why you're being pulled over. You can't ask why you're being detained. You cannot tell a cop you're afraid to reach for anything because if you reach, they're gonna say you're being resistant and shoot you. We have no rights when it comes to the police. Why is that? These aren't rookies that are coming on. These are veterans that have now been emboldened to act as judge, jury, and executioner. There was another school shooting yesterday. You didn't hear about that. This one was in Knoxville, Tennessee. One person as of the last I read, was confirmed dead. Didn't really hear about it in the news. There was another mass shooting. You didn't really hear about that one in the news. Which is fine and dandy, but as much as we've heard about it all in the news, and I'm kind of like, you know what, I'm tired of hearing about it. Because now we've become sensitized to it. And when you become sensitized to a situation, you get to the point where you say, well, it's not me. Sorry for the family, but I'm glad it's not me. For the white people to to think that they are in the majority and that they are superior, white people get shot by the cops as well. But for black and brown people to make up less of the majority we are proportionately killed more by the people that are supposed to serve and protect us all of this is going on and at no point has Biden figured out a way to start stopping this crap He hasn't said anything. You're the leader of this country. Open your damn mouth. 
say something. Have all these police officers get reevaluated. They have the money to do so. They have so much money, which is why these cops keep getting away, because they have the money to protect them. They have the thin blue line to protect them, but that's changing. Because the officers that have been on the force for years that are good cops are tired of their reputations being soiled along with the bad cops. They're getting tired of it. So some are starting to finally speak out against fellow officers that are corrupt. There are good officers out there. Understand that I am not saying all cops are bad. But what I am saying is a lot of them are very racist, which is why they joined the force in the first place. This is why a lot of people join the military. They're racist. You know you're going to a foreign country. You, you get to kill people that don't look like you. You don't even understand why you're supposed to, you know, why you're taking these orders to kill somebody. That is not natural. None of this is natural. This is not the natural order of the world. Yeah, here we are. We have an officer that has more evidence against him I couldn't even watch the video. That video has been shown every single day to where this officer, and I'm talking about the George Floyd case, said he felt his life was in danger. And then they showed a video. The man said he felt his life was in danger. What kind of danger if you have the person in a prone position handcuffed exactly what danger were you worried about he can't explain or his defense can't explain George Floyd said he can't breathe 11 times and the officer never adjusted and there was another officer sitting on him as well in back of this, this idiot officer Chauvin and not only did Chauvin not move to allow some some type of air to get inside, inside George Floyd's lungs, he adjusted the pressure and then put his hands in his pocket. You can see him looking around. People are telling him that he's killing the man. He chose not to move. I cannot imagine the fear and the pain and the panic that George Floyd must have felt. This officer didn't care. He knew he was being recorded and he looked around. He might as well have just started whistling Dixie. Yet, the police department is paying all this money for a defense. The evidence is right there. It was plain murder. Yet here we are in the fourth week of trials. Trying to, you know, convict an officer on multiple counts, multiple evidence. Yet here we are in week four. 
if that was a black person, they would have had him convicted in hours, not weeks. If you don't understand what systemic racism looks like, pay attention. You're seeing it every day. Just because it's not happening to you doesn't mean that it's not happening. It happens to white people too. The difference is it doesn't make the news. Because normally it's lower class white people and they're usually strung out on meth or they're just walking around pulling their pants up acting goofy. And what do they say? Oh, they have a mental health problem. Let's get them some help. The idiot kid that left from Chicago to go to Wisconsin to shoot people actually passed by the officer with the weapons in his hands. They let him keep walking. There is no way he looked like he was bold enough to have these weapons. And he's not. They didn't stop him. They didn't stop him and ask how he got the weapons, what he's doing there, where he came. They did nothing. They let him walk past. Then white supremacist groups raised money for his bail. What did he do when he got bail? He ran. Allegedly, now they don't know where this kid is. Well, right after he got bail, he went to a bar with the same people that raised money for him. And he had a beer. Because apparently in Wisconsin, if you're with your, your parents, you can drink. So, the awakening of the white mind isn't happening. They're okay watching black families suffer. They're okay with saying if he didn't resist. What happens if the white man resists and he gets shot? You're going to say the same thing? He shouldn't have resisted? You have a natural fight or flight mentality. I have personally experienced my head being slammed into a cop car. And the person I was with, we were pulled over because the license plate had expired. And this was in Richmond Park, Illinois, where I lived at the time. So I was literally right down the street from home. Not only were we right down the street, I was asleep. I got arrested and I was asleep. When I asked why I was being arrested, it was the Matson police officer who decided to push my head into the top of the police car. Now it didn't hurt, but the point is I was asleep. car of course was towed because the tags were expired instead of giving a citation you have a hispanic and a black person both female and it had to be about two o'clock in the morning that we were coming from somewhere and this happened now i know there's a lot of you who don't know Matson at that time was very racist and they did not want black people in their town, even though the town was browning more and more. So we get to the police department, we get out on an I-bond. But now I'm calling my mom, middle of the night, hey, come pick us up, we're at the police department. Get to court, the officer never shows up, 
there were no real charges other than the fact that the tags were expired. Well, that was taken care of and shown as proof in court and the charges were dismissed. But the fact is, we shouldn't have been arrested in the first place. I have been stopped in the middle of the night in a sports car with my mom in the next seat. And being stopped in Lansing, Illinois, was told we're looking for a red car. At that time, I had a, a red Daytona. And I was like, is there any particular red car you're looking for? No, we're looking for a red car. Well, is it a Daytona? Because this is the car I'm in. No, I don't think so. So he got us go. And if I'm not sure if he said you fit the description or what, and I'm thinking I fit the description of who, I think that might have happened. I don't recall. I have been pulled over at a stoplight again in Richmond Park, and because light was out that I didn't know about cop pulls me over at the stoplight and he says oh you know pulling you over because and he had to stop I was in uniform I used to work in a prison and I was coming home from work so I had my badge on I had my ID and I was in uniform so he looks over he's a professional courtesy man get the taillight fixed and they let me go so I've had some instances that have happened. I understand that they're doing their job. I get it completely. But since the gun laws are becoming more relaxed to the happiness of the NRA, what if I carried a weapon and I practice every single day to get faster, to get sharper, What would happen if I got pulled over? I get out of the car like I am directed to do. Now they frisk you down, but there's ways to hide a weapon that they can't find it. They're, they're not all to that. But what if I shot the cop first? Now I'm not advocating that anybody does that. I mean, that's just stupid thinking. But what if? You know, I would be tried and convicted within a matter of minutes and sentenced to jail. Thing is, when a cop does actually go to jail, like Drew Peterson in Illinois, they're not even put in general population because there's a fear that they might get hurt or killed by somebody that they put in jail. So even if the cop does make it to jail, he still gets special treatment. Like he didn't do anything wrong. Our system is broken. It's broken. And I'm afraid it's broken beyond repair because it's always been like this. Always. So where does that leave us? It leaves us in fear. It leaves us wondering when does the retaliation start because it's going to start. And then what? It's already open season on people that look like me. 
But if people that look at me start retaliating, where does that leave us as a society? You know, we have gangs that are shooting up each other and they don't even know what the hell the beef is about anymore. You know, talk to the original founders of these gangs and they'll tell you there really was no beef. There was a man-made situation, usually by corrupt law enforcement. This is going back to the 70s and the 60s. There was no beef until the cops started putting drugs and weapons in the neighborhoods, in the black neighborhoods. You know, it's like you put out some something really sweet, with a little water in it, and you step back and you watch. What's going to happen? You're going to have a bunch of bees come by there, and they're just going to congregate right there in that spot. Well, in the black community, when you start putting drugs and weapons out there, what happens? They gather the same way. Now you've created a situation that you feel needs defense. That didn't just start. Go back to what Ronald Reagan used to say. The war on drugs. There was never a war on drugs until the administration of Ronald Reagan created it. There was no such thing as a welfare queen until Ronald Reagan said it. It just wasn't going on. So now that we have these situations, where do you go from here? Where do you go from here? You can't just take it out of the bag and say, oh, okay, here's the solution. We're going to do A, B, C, D. It's not going to work because people don't want to do A, B, C, D. They have to be forced into it. Well, since nobody in the administration or previous administration and even Barack Obama's administration has done nothing to curb the violence of the police officers. Why is that? Why is that? Black and brown people have been killed by police officers for decades. It's getting worse. We had a black man in office who did nothing. You know, the white man's in office. He does everything for his fellow whiteness. The black man gets office, gets in office. He didn't do anything for black people. You know, he instead led a Republican-controlled Senate dictate everything he did instead of using the pen executive orders now he had some but look how many executive orders Trump had so that his family and his friends would be protected look how many things were shut down look how, how many human rights were taken away how many basic rights were taken away look what Trump did to the media For somebody who didn't want to to be president, allegedly, he absorbed the power. People worshipped him. He was something different. He was a clown like they are. He's a sideshow. Until people started realizing that we were headed for another major war with this man. 
he's not smart. But no president has stopped the violence committed by cops. The war on drugs? What war? Lock him up and put him in jail? Ronald Reagan was the one who started breaking up black families. And then when that happened, the women, the mother of their children, had to go on welfare because the man was the breadwinner. So she had to go on welfare, she had to get a job or job job training. This was created by Ronald Reagan. When you create a situation, here we are decades later after Ronald Reagan, people are just now learning that mostly white people receive public assistance. But the the black ones are the ones that are chastised. Isn't that something? Families are broken because of this war on drugs to where black people were getting sentences that were way longer than necessary. Reagan didn't do anything about that. He wanted to increase the time. There are still people sitting in jail on drug charges from back when Reagan was president. The war on drugs. The cops need to be evaluated and re-evaluated. You know, most jobs send you for some type of retraining. An officer only has to be certified with his weapon. Unless he's trying to make a higher rank, there might be some classes that they have to attend. But I do know you have to recertify with your weapon. So you have to maintain that accuracy and that sharpness. What about human rights training, common sense training? This is why white supremacist group has a lot of ex-military or current, and they have a lot of officers and ex-officers. Hate groups have become paramilitary groups. They know how to get in and get out because that's what they're trained to do. Now they have a chance to put all their hatred together. They don't even know why they hate the black people. They go by trumped up statistics you know, that say, well, black people are lazy. No, black people aren't lazy. There are some, but there's also some white people that are lazy. Black people aren't any less intelligent than their white counterparts. But even if you go back to biblical times, it was already stated that black is less than. So even in this book written by a white person, in the time not of Christ written for a crazy king black was already seen as less than but you bible thumpers justify it just like white people justify the injustices to black and brown people if that's something that actually makes sense to you that it's okay to treat the race is different, even if the same crime is committed. And then you're the one screaming for equality. Maybe you should look up the definition of equality. This officer, Kim Potter, 
should be out of a job. Instead, they are saying she's a dedicated officer, she's a union chief or some crap like that. You know, basically all these platitudes. What they haven't said is that she had a similar incident in 2019. They're not saying that. A similar incident. And in that incident, there were two other officers. And she told both officers after a man, a black man was shot, both officers to go back to their squads, turn off their body cams, and don't say anything to each other or anybody else. This is what she did. 2021, here she is again. How many other times has it happened only nobody knows? Because they want to figure out what they're going to say in this police report. And she did. When do officers stop covering for corrupt officers? Because when retaliation happens, They're not going to know if it's a good cop or a bad cop. They're going to see a uniform. It's just a cop. Just like the cops see just a black person, not a human being. So now would be a good time for the thin blue line to stop hiding the corrupt officers. Because that same corrupt officer is going to cause them to lose their life. You know, maybe they understand that. People that marry officers, they marry knowing that there's a chance that their loved one won't come home. It's the same as working construction. I want to work every day, not guaranteed to come home to my kid. This is a chance you take. But what is what chance is the officer taking when you go to work and you don't know if you're coming home based on the actions of your fellow officer. That's got to be scarier. So why defend the corrupt officer? Because the next life the officer takes could be yours. Think about how many officers that they say were killed in a line of duty were probably shot by their fellow officer. Think about that one. They do it in the military. You know, either he was shot by the enemy, he committed suicide, or it was friendly fire, meaning he was shot and killed by one of his own. I bet you there have been many lieutenants, sergeants, major killed in the military by lesser ranked office uh, service people, and it was just chalked up to something else. You're out there in the world and you're fighting. There's no one to basically account for what you're doing. You don't like this sergeant? Then you deal with him. But if a sergeant or higher rank rapes a woman in the military, they destroy her career. None of this makes sense. None of this makes sense. 
black and brown people and women have always been considered less than throughout time. This isn't anything new. Now, if people actually stood up and got off their asses and did something, that would be something new. But people are complacent. They've become numb to the situation. Black communities are rising up, they're shedding tears. And then there's some com- communities, like here in Dubuque, they're very complacent. Very complacent. They're okay being second to whatever. They're okay blaming the white man. I hear many times about how this is a KKK town. It ends here. It's it's weird. I still can't explain it. It's weird. And I'm standing up and I'm saying something about it. I don't understand how people can just complain but not take action. It's more of a, what are we going to do? Well, I'm going to watch your ass get shot. That's what I'm going to do. And I, I don't think in my lifetime I will ever see anything change. Now I'm 53. So I've been here a while. I don't think I'm ever going to see things change. And that's what's sad about the world, not just this country, the world. When others are okay, putting a knee on your neck, putting you in a chokehold to choke you out. Now you can do the chokehold and just put the person to sleep and lay them on the ground, and then you can cuff them. They won't be out long, you know? But when you choke them, and you know damn well, you're choking the life out of that person. Why are there no consequences? I used to work with a guy at the prison his last name was Bird, and he was like this big yellow dude. And for those of you who don't know, you know, yellow, light skin, high yellow, anyway, big guy. And I'm not going to say his name because he's now working in the adult division at Stateville. So I'm not going to say what his name is, unless I already did, I don't know. But I worked in juvenile, maximum, maximum security juvenile, and he used to choke these kids out all the time. Because he was so tall, so big, he would choke him out every time and then deny it. He never lost his job. And every time he denied it, when you put someone in a sleeper hole, their eyes turn red. They get bloodshot. But these kids are walking around with bloodshot eyes, saying who did it, and he denied it every time. And the union stuck up for him. He was never written up for it. And then they allowed him to go to the adult division to work, which is where he still is. So, I forgot what rank he is now. He might be running it now. Um, this was over 20 years ago. So, again, people turned their back. I was the only one that spoke up. No, he did this. Because I didn't like the guy anyway. But this happens on a prison level as well officer's actions are covered up. I had a friend that was killed at Stateville, an officer. I do believe he was the last one that was killed at Stateville. And no fellow officer helped him. 
inmates didn't like him because he did his job. Well, if you know anything about working in Stateville Prison in Illinois, the officer that does their job is usually the one that's kind of frowned upon by other officers and by the, the inmates themselves. So you have to watch your back or don't do your job or don't do everything in your job title. So, and he was white. So it's, you know, it happens all over. I think the problem could start to go away if fellow officers will start speaking. If you're out there to protect lives and your fellow officer takes a life unjustifiably, then speak up. That's what you do, you speak up. So as all these shootings are happening now on a daily basis, there's still been nothing from Biden administration as far as what we can do to start to facilitate some type of change because we need a major change. We need a biblical change. By biblical, I mean we need a flood. We need a flood. This all needs to be wiped out and started over. If there's life on other planets, don't you think they're laughing at us? There's proof that there's life on other planets and there's proof that they come here. There's proof that there used to be giants. People today act like they are the ones that found Earth, that they have always been the only inhabitants and that they've always been white. That's not true. If you think about it, for those who love to read their Bible and interpret it to any way they want to interpret it, if everybody is created in the image of Christ, but at the same time, the first parents were Adam and Eve, nor in the Bible does it say that they were white. People that can't read a map think they were white. One set of genes passed down to where we are right now. There's a reason that there's different shades of people. And it's a scientific reason. But you know, why bother with science? We all bleed the same color. You know, it doesn't matter if you're black, white, mulatto, Indian, Asian, it doesn't matter. We all bleed the same color. We all have the same rights. We're supposed to. I know here we are today, more black people are dying at the hands of cops, more Asian people are dying at the hands of white people who actually get to walk away and tell their story. I'm going to shoot up a bunch of Asians because I have urges. That is what the last man did. He had urges. So he wanted to remove the urges. And the cops said, he was just having a bad day. We're gonna have him checked out by mental health specialists. Well, if you have the balls to go shoot up a bunch of people that don't look like you, yeah, you have a mental issue. You're a crazy son of a bitch.
But if you're a white crazy son of a bitch, that's okay. That's okay. When it comes to a black person, yes, they have mental health issues. And then you proceed to list the medications that they were taking. You proceed to go back. They have a history of A, B, C, D. With a white man, they don't do that. They don't do that. You're just told that they have mental health issues and they will be seeking treatment. White people that go on video or are caught on video saying the N-word. I'm just going to say it. They're caught saying nigger. They didn't know the ramifications or the implications of how much that word hurts the black and brown community. Really? You knew it was derogatory, which is why you used it in the first place. Because if it wasn't derogatory, it would not be something that came out of your mouth. People need to stop thinking that the whole world is stupid and think like they do. Don't say, well, you shouldn't say the word either, or don't say that only black people can say the word. Look up what the word means in a dictionary, number one. Everybody's concerned about what race gets to say a certain word, and nobody pays attention to the real definition of the word, but they want to go by the fact that it's derogatory. So yes, white people are going to use that against a black person because it's derogatory. They are meaning to be derogatory in that moment. Wake the hell up. If you call the white person a hunky, a cracker, and I can't even remember all the other terms because I don't do it, they get offended and they want to hurt or maim you. But they can let the N-word just go right off their tongue and then turn around and say, I didn't realize the damage that that word causes. I didn't realize the hurt that it causes. You dumb son of a bitch, you knew it. Especially these country artists, they know it. Which is why when they say it and it's recorded, you always hear them in a situation to where they're joking, allegedly. They're ha-ha and ho-ho and hee-heeing about it with the good old boys. And then when they get caught, Yes, obviously, there's some things I still need to learn. Now it's a teaching moment because they want to learn. Really? Really? Now you want to learn. As you were sitting there joking and ho ho ha ha he heeing about it, now you want to use it as a learning situation to do better going forward because now it's going to affect your pocket. You stupid fuck, go sit down. People call it what it is. It's racism. It's not even 1.0, we're at 4.0. Racism 4.0. But if black people say something, we're wrong. But if the white people say something, it's a learning moment. They need to go learn. The NAACP wants to reach out for a dialogue and make them understand why using that term is so bad. I remember when the NAACP used to actually fight for black rights. Now we want to hold everybody's hand and sing some freaking kumbaya, and we want to use it as a teaching moment. 
They knew the word was wrong. They were actually taught the word. I'm not sure what the NAACP wants to teach them and how it's going to go better in the future. Yeah, it's going to go better. They want to try to make sure that they're not being recorded as they say it. Pay attention. Black people are the same thing with the rap music. Remember how the rap music was or what it had turned into? Because the rap music that I first listened to wasn't like that. Then all of a sudden, women are bitches and hoes. They're half naked on the video. They're disrespected. They're smiling as they're disrespected. And nobody saw a problem with that. Now people want to speak out because of how people are dressed. See, here's the problem. Y'all can't make up your mind what the hell you want. Now we have restrictions being lifted and people are going crazy. They're already crazy. They were already stir crazy. Now you can diagnose them. Who comes down from a lockdown and restrictions get lifted and I just decide I'm gonna go shoot up some people. That's not normal. It's just not normal. So how how do we move forward? Do people actually want to move forward? You know, do you really want to move forward and say enough is enough? Well, it's it's difficult for some reason. It's just People don't want to see what's there. They don't want to admit that there's a problem. They don't want to admit that there's a problem in all the races. I see black men posting respect the queen. Uh, Your wife should be the queen in your house. And they talk a lot of good game on social media. But these same ones they call a queen, you see them on pictures with the lips sticking out, the kids hanging out, the ass hanging out, sticking out their tongues all the time. They got their tongues between their fingers. That's a queen, all right. There's nothing sexy about that at all. You look like a damn fool. The same black man that says respect our queens are the ones that go out into this neighborhood and they do dirt. So if you can't respect yourself, who are you going to try to say respect? You can't make anybody respect anybody. Respect is earned. But as a child growing up, we are taught to respect our policemen, our firefighters, our doctors, our nurses. You know how many people have died because they were taught that respect? Black, white, brown, I don't care. You know how many people have died because they were taught that these are the people they have to respect? You know, I was like browsing last night and it popped up that it was the anniversary of Jonas Salk with the polio vaccine. I want to say it was like 1955. I don't remember. But they were celebrating Jonas Salk and the polio vaccine. If they ever told the real story behind that vaccine, would people believe it? 
they believe it. Because the real story behind that is Jonas Salk used cells from a deceased woman that were taken from her without the family's knowledge. Therefore, they didn't have the approval. The lady's name was Henrietta Lacks. Her cells are still being used today. Today. Why is that? This woman had rare cells that actually reproduced. They were good cells. And they reproduced and they were able to heal. Unfortunately, it wasn't able to heal her because she passed away from cervical cancer. A person that took the cells, okay? Henrietta Lacks passed away in 1951. She was only 31. Four years later, Jonas Salk has a vaccine for polio. It doesn't say that he's using the cells that were taken from her body without her family's knowledge. You know who took the cells? It was a black doctor. Now, this doctor took the cells, realized what they can do. You can read about it. He's like a footnote. And we are still using those cells today. It's called a HeLa cell. It's HeLa, H-E-L-A, basically Henrietta Lacks. And Donna Salk got all the credit for the vaccine. There are other things to this day that her cells are still being used for because her cells were so rare and so special that they did this to her. So anytime these white people are saying whatever they're saying about black people, a lot of them are alive because of a black woman and they don't even know it. How does that sit? You're alive because of a black woman and you don't even know it. We're hated so much for existing that white people take for granted a lot of things that they have because of the black race. Wake up. It's time. It's time to wake the heck up. This is allegedly a KKK town. And it doesn't bother me. It doesn't, it doesn't. I think what bothers me more is that the black people sit back and they always say they want to fight. They always say what needs to be done. They're doing this and they're doing that. People, they're not doing anything. There's nothing changing in this community. But there are those who will get up and preach. I'm doing this. I'm trying to do this. And no, they're not doing anything. But they're angry. And they want everybody to see I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I'm tired of cops killing us. I'm tired. They're not doing anything. They're spiritual. They're this, they're that. If you're really spiritual, you don't have to keep saying it. 
you know, it'll show. What you are will shine through like the brightest flashlight you have ever seen. It will shine through. Thankfully, I do have the gift of knowing. And I do have the gift of seeing right through people. I'll give you a chance. I'll just watch yourself implode and sit back. But the black people out here have it twisted. This whole town is corrupt. And it goes from the top down. Why sit back and accept that? Because you think you're going to get a seat at the table. That's why they do it. They want a seat at the table, but they can't even put a sentence together properly. They want that prestige. They want that pat on the back. Not everybody's looking for a pat on the back. There are some people that actually want to help. Those that actually want to help are usually shut down in some capacity. So they sit down. The ones with the big mouth saying that they're the ones doing something, they're not doing anything. All they're doing is bloviating. That's all it is. In the meantime, another black person is killed by an officer. Another military personnel is verbally assaulted by an officer. You see it on TV and you're immune to it. Don't become immune to hatred. There's bigger and better ways to handle this situation. There really is. And we just need to work together and find out what that is. Those of you that don't play well nice with others and you think you can do something, then do something without people slapping you on the back saying, hey, good job. Start to do something. This is unacceptable. I want you to think about that. The last thing I want to say has nothing to do with the brutality of police, blah, blah, blah. The last thing I want to say is, or ask you, how do you view time? Do you view time as money? Is it valuable to you? I found out here that time means absolutely nothing because people out here don't value your time. And as much as they say they're doing this or doing that, they're never on time for anything. I have not met one person out here that's on time for anything. I don't understand if time is money in your pocket, how do you not value it? If you're going to be someplace, you don't wait over an hour later and say, oh, I'm not going to be there. I'm doing something else. This is what I get out here. I've never seen a group of people that need a big old flavor flavor clock around all their necks because they just don't get it. Their time is valuable, but yours isn't. That doesn't make sense to me. My time is valuable as well. My time is very valuable because I am constantly connected and doing things. Just because you don't know what I'm not, what I'm doing, doesn't make my time this valuable. And I am to the point now that if you don't value my time, I'm not going to value you. You're of no value to me. 
there's nothing that you can do for me. And it's like, you, you want to, everybody wants to fit in. I'm not looking to fit in. I'm not looking to basically kiss somebody's ass to get someplace or drop names to try to get someplace. I don't know a lot of people out here. And that's fine and dandy. I would get to know more. But the people I want to get to know are in places I aim to be in. When you're trying to be someplace, then you've learned what it takes to be in that, that spot. You don't go on a rant about what's wrong and what's right and then turn around and say, this is where you want to be because it's not going to happen. You have to learn to read the room, as my son tells me. Learn to read the room. And I am the first one to apologize if my tone is wrong. If I bounce something off my son and he says, Mom, you know, that didn't sound right. The tone of that, because people read things how they're going to read them. I could say good morning and somebody can read it as kiss your ass. You know, and I am that type of person to where probably if I'm writing something, you probably cannot tell my tone. And then if you see me, I don't show a lot of facial expression. I'm reading you. And as you're talking to me, I am reading every bit of who you are, the very essence of you, and I'm listening to the shit you're putting out. I just don't say anything. But I learned really quickly how to move. I move in many different ways. I know many different people. And I know different classes of people. I don't need to name names. I don't need to brag about it. Because those that I consider my friends, my true friends, they know what's inside. They know what I'm thinking. Because I usually share it with them first. If you continuously allow a person to devalue your time, you are telling that person, you don't have to value me. And if you're telling a person they don't have to value you, they're going to continue to devalue you. That means your time don't mean crap, but your money does. Well, I'm at the point that, you know what? I'm reclaiming my time. I am to the point to where if you can't be where you're supposed to be at a certain time, cool. I am never one to show up late. I am always one that shows up early. I'll start showing up late. I won't call. I'll just show up late. I've got no problem with that. If we're supposed to meet someplace and go do something, I won't show up there either. That's petty as hell, but that's how it is out here. One shouldn't have to learn to play a devaluing game because I'm not used to that. You know, I'm used to BP time. And if you don't know what that is, that's black people time. They're never on time anywhere. That's just their human nature. They're always the slowest walkers, whatever. That doesn't mean that the person isn't intelligent enough to handle their business. But 
if I'm the one that's spending my time, my money, and I value you enough to come to you, I expect the same goddamn respect. That's reality. Nobody here lives in reality, or it's definitely a different reality than I'm used to living. What happens if you're sitting in a place of business and you're waiting for your name to get called and you know you were there before three people? They look up at you, they see you, but they continuously call the other people in front of you. What does that tell you? They didn't forget because they're looking right at you. They don't value you or the time that you have etched out to do a certain thing. It's a new day, at least for me. You know, my time is valuable. I am working on several different things. I don't need to go and brag about what I'm working on. If something good comes up, I have no problem sharing it. I have no problem saying I'm starting to do something. But sometimes I get sidetracked and start doing something else. You know, so there are things that I do all day, unless I'm not feeling well, that are time consuming. I am a research pro. That's what I do. I research all day. I work on my book. Now I have the Human Rights Commission. There are other things in politics I want to do. I'm still trying to figure out exactly where I want to be. Because if you know me, and you truly know me, the direction I'm headed in isn't something that would surprise you. It would not surprise you if you really know me. For those who don't really know me, as they say, you're going to learn. I'm a no-nonsense kind of person. And I will treat you with respect until you show me otherwise. But don't think I'm not watching. Don't think I'm not watching. People value other people's times. Value other people's space. Don't take those things for granted because right now, the way our country has devolved, that's the only thing you control is your time. You control the time you're going to be someplace and the time you're not going to be someplace. Don't take that for granted. You've taken everything else for granted. Don't take that for granted. If you're saying time is money, then act like time is money. Because when you're losing time, you're losing money. Makes sense to me. Time is money. Marinate on that one and I'll talk to you guys next week.